Hey everyone, before we begin, I just wanted to give you guys a trigger warning. The final story in this video contains very disturbing details covering murder as well as sexual assault. There will be timestamps in a pinned comment so you can know where to stop listening at, just in case you want to avoid that kind of thing. All that being said, I hope you enjoy the video. I'm 27 years old now. This happened when I was 13, my sister was 9, and my brother was 6. We were raised by our single mother. She usually worked nights on the weekends. I was old enough to be home alone, so whenever my mom was at work, I was the one responsible for my siblings. This all happened on a Saturday night. For a little bit of context, let me give you the layout of my childhood home. When you walked into the living room, there was a hallway. To the right was the kitchen, then straight ahead was the downstairs bathroom. To the left was the stairway. Once you got upstairs, the first room straight ahead was the upstairs bathroom. The first room on the right was my room, and the second room on the right was my brother's. The room across from mine was my mom's, and my sister's room was right next to my mom's. Now here's the story. Before my mom left for work, she had gave me $20 for pizza, then left. I ordered the pizza and we had a good night. About two hours after we ate, my sister went to the downstairs bathroom. When she came out of the bathroom though, she said that she heard someone knock on the window. I believed her and I told her that it was okay. Well, about an hour later, we heard yet another knock at the front door. I looked in the people, and I saw a dirty looking man with long brown scraggly hair. He looked like he was homeless, but I couldn't really tell. I then began to look down, and I saw that he had a knife right in his hand. I then looked at my brother, and I told him to turn off the TV and all of the lamps. I told my sister to grab my flip phone while I ran in the kitchen to grab a knife. I then told all of my siblings to go upstairs. I told my brother to go hide under his bed and my sister to go hide in my mom's closet. I then hid in the upstairs bathtub. I then heard the front door smash open. It was a really flimsy old door so it didn't really surprise me that that happened. I then heard doors opening downstairs. I started to dial 911. I heard the man start to come upstairs and then heard the bathroom door open. I held one hand over my mouth while the other was holding my flip phone. Very luckily, he didn't open the shower curtain. When the man left, I had started to worry about my siblings. I then got out of the bathtub and ran out of the bathroom. I began to run full force at the guy, stabbing him a few times. Right as this was happening, the police had finally arrived. I saw him trying to run out the front door, but the police were able to catch him. I then found my siblings, and the police called our mom. My mom came home immediately. She even quit that job because of this. So yeah, that's definitely the scariest thing that's ever happened to me while home alone, but hopefully the last. I'm currently a 15-year-old female, but I was around 11 at the time of this event. It was mid-December in West Virginia, and there was a thin layer of snow on the ground, and I was home alone while my entire household was at the local Walmart. 
I didn't go because I had a terrible fever, but regardless of the fever, I typically stayed home anyway. I've always had some sort of social anxiety, and I've never really liked being in a crowd of people, with the fear that I'd be judged. Now starting the story, it had been about 15 minutes after my family left, and I was sitting on my bed with my protective pit bull. Keep that in mind, because it's a really important part of the story. I was watching some show on my laptop when, out of the corner of my eye, I saw what looked like a human shape, then very quickly passed my window. I tried to brush it off while attempting to rationalize the incident, but I had a gut feeling that something was wrong. Disregarding my gut feeling, I directed my attention back to my show, when about five minutes later, my dog jumped off my bed and then started growling while looking in my window. I didn't really think too much of it at first, knowing that she often grouted deer when they passed my window. But then I thought about what I saw before, and then pretty much instantly, I felt my stomach go numb. I slowly walked up to my window to see if anything was there, and at first glance, I didn't see anything. Then my heart sank. I then looked across the snow and saw boot prints, boot prints leading to my window. I was terrified at this point, scared to look down, but still, I slowly let my eyes venture downward, and to my horror, right below the window, pressed up against my house, I saw a man. He was about six foot from what I could tell, with dark brown hair, a beard, and dark green eyes, and he was wearing a snowsuit. He then looked up at me, and the both of us were frozen in fear. We made eye contact for about ten seconds, but that ten seconds felt like forever. As soon as I snapped into realization, I grabbed my phone and ran as fast as I could up the stairs and then into my bathroom. I could still hear my dog growling and loudly barking, but I didn't care. I decided to call my mom. Stupid, I know. I should have called the police instead, but I was just so scared and the only thing making me feel safe was the sound of her voice. As soon as she picked up the phone, she heard how stressed I was and just how frightened my voice sounded. I explained the situation and she told me she was sending the police and that she would be heading home ASAP. Well, everything was starting to smooth out. Although I was still shook, I was feeling more comfort now. But then everything came crashing down when I then heard glass begin to shatter. I thought I was going to pass out. I was shaking so violently and I couldn't think straight. The next sound that followed up was a screaming just very loud, blood-curdling screams. And that's when I realized it. My dog was attacking him. I was still so scared shitless, but felt a sense of happiness. Soon I heard my door being broken down, while my mom and the police officers came into the house. My mom came up to the bathroom, and I let her inside. I think I can honestly say that that was the most safe I'd ever felt in my mother's arms. She walked me downstairs and I could see the guy being taken out in handcuffs, crying and covered in blood. My dog then came barreling into me, licking my face and jumping all over me. I could tell right away that she knew she had done right. I still have the same dog. Her name is Metallic and she's 8 years old. She still acts like a puppy though. I will forever love that dog and she's probably the reason I'm here today. I was 17 years old and I had just gotten home from my summer job working ground screw at a golf course. 
During the day at work, I had been talking with my buddy about hanging out that night. So I got in the car and headed over to his house at around 5pm. I live in Massachusetts, so midsummer at 5pm, it's broad daylight. My friend's family had a big old farmhouse in a rural part of the state. Right as I was driving, my friend gave me a call and told me that he was running an errand and he would probably get home after I got there. He told me the door was open and to just go in and he'd be back soon. This was really nothing out of the ordinary and I pulled up to his house and parked the car. I looked in his refrigerator for a beer and went to the second floor where there was this big den area with couches and TV. I flipped the channels for a bit and after a while felt nature calling. I walked down the hall to the bathroom, which is right at the top of the stairs on the second floor. I sat on the toilet, picking up an old comic book from the magazine basket. Well, after a few minutes, I had heard some steps on the floor below. Assuming it was my friend, I gave a shout and then made a crude joke about my current predicament, then expecting an equally crude reply back. Nothing. I shouted yet again, saying I was in the bathroom. Still nothing. At this point, I'm thinking maybe he has headphones in. No big deal. The thump of steps start up the creaky stairs, and they sound much heavier than my friend. I feel a chill down my spine, and that's when I felt it. Something was just really... off. I hear the steps get to the top of the stairs, just right outside the bathroom door. Alright dude, stop fucking with me, I say. No response. I don't really know what to do at this point, but still just hoping it's my buddy being an asshole. I wait in silence for another minute or two. Then the steps start thumping down the hallway, away from the bathroom. I waste no time finishing my business, opening the door, then running down the stairs and out of the house to the front yard. Aside from my car, the driveway is empty. It wasn't my friend playing a joke. I'm the only one here. I grab my phone and call my buddy, but he doesn't pick up. The sun is setting at this point, but it's still a bit light out, and I'm also outside now, so I've chilled out a bit, but I still can't figure out what just happened. Before I have any time to figure out my next move, my friend pulls into the driveway. He can tell I'm freaked out, and I tell him what's going on. It's only been a few minutes since I left the house, so whoever is in there must still be in there. We're young and stupid, so we go into the shed and grab a baseball bat and golf club and decide to head in and search the place. We head upstairs slowly, expecting somebody to jump out behind every corner, but it's dead quiet. Not a creak or a scrape or any other noise. We slowly walk down the hall in the direction I last heard the steps going. The hall ends in a big room that has no other exits, so we know this is where the search will end, but there's no one there. No footmarks in the carpet, no furniture moved, and nothing out of place. We look absolutely everywhere. Under the furniture, storage cabinets, everything. We take a look around the rest of the house, but at this point my buddy is just telling me I'm nuts. I must have imagined it. But to this day, 15 years later, I know what I heard. There was definitely someone in that house. There was someone waiting right outside the bathroom who knew I was in there. Whatever it was, whoever it was, I'm really glad they decided to leave me alone. Hey everyone, apologies for the brief interruption on the stories. 
But I need to thank today's sponsor, Raycon. No matter how you're feeling about getting back out there, there's no denying that it's an adjustment. Whenever the world gets too loud, something I love to do is create my own soundtrack by popping in my Raycon wireless earbuds. Sometimes all you really need is some upbeat music to pump you up before you see people, or to stay calm with some guided meditation. I love to listen to all my favorite songs or podcasts on my Raycons. Whether I'm working out or just chilling outside, my Raycons always keep me connected to my favorite outlets. Raycons are the best way to listen. They come with a bunch of gel tips for your comfort, and unlike some other brands, they don't stick out of your ears. Raycons have a 32-hour battery life, so you can listen to what you want when you want for a really long time. They start at half the price of other premium audio brands, but they sound just as good. And Raycons come with a 40-day happiness guarantee, so you really can't lose. Give them a try, and you'll see what I mean. Create your own soundtrack with Raycon right now. All of my listeners can get 15% off their Raycon order at buyraycon.com cannibal. That's buyraycon.com cannibal to save 15% on Raycons. Buyraycon.com cannibal. So, I'm a big horror fangirl. I'm 20 years old and over the past year, I've been collecting from the figures to the mask to even life size. I won't say this story was terrifying or anything, but to me, it basically saved me. I'll try and make it simple. I'm a big Michael Myers fan, and last October I bought a life-size figure of him. Oh, and a Chucky doll too. And not just one of the cheap ones, the replica-looking ones. Some may call me crazy, but what's not to love about horror, right? I keep everything stored away at the moment, apart from the life-size Michael, which he stands around six foot. He's not a cheap-looking guy either. He looks like the real deal. The replica mask, real coveralls with blood, and even a knife too. He stands in my room right next to my bed, and even though it used to creep me out seeing a dark black figure in my room, I eventually got used to it like to the point where I actually felt comfortable around him. I don't move him anywhere else though, as nobody in the house really liked him. Anyway, now that that's all out of the way, here's the thing that happened. So last year when I received him, I was home alone watching films downstairs when I then heard a thud upstairs. I froze, as I didn't really know what to think. I slowly got up and went up to my room, and then instantly heard the thuds from the downstairs door. I had absolutely no clue what the hell was going on because I was the only one there. I quietly sat in the dark as I didn't keep the lights on, and I listened. I heard what sounded like men talking, and then I realized someone had came in and that I didn't lock the door. The TV was also left on, so they had to have known I was there. Anyways though, there I was sitting face to face with the Michael figure in the dark. I heard the footsteps coming up the stairs to my room. While I sat in the corner with my head spinning, I felt like I wanted to pass out. I even started to sweat a little. My door then opened and there I'd seen a hooded figure walk in and head straight towards me. He had something in his hand, something sharp, like a pocket knife. I was leaning against the cold wall more and more, wanting to grab something, until out of nowhere, Michael's arm then started moving. Bear in mind it was still dark. So this guy had no clue that Michael was behind him until he heard it move. I also want to add that it wasn't an electrical noise. It was the material of the arm rubbing together. 
The man then turned around and instantly yelled. And I mean, I've never seen a man run so fast in his life. The man then started yelling, go, get the hell out of here, to some other guy that was in a van outside. I stood up and watched them as they drove off. I then noticed a crack in my window. Obviously, these freaks were throwing rocks in my window, possibly to distract me, but I didn't care about that. I turned around and just stared at Michael because I really had no clue that he could even move. I started investigating and then realized he was an animatronic the entire time, but I was thinking he moved just at that exact moment and basically saved my life that night. I can even laugh about it now because of how scared the guy was. I got my window repaired and did mention to the police that I had a break in, but there was really nothing they could do about it, but it was still reported just in case they tried anywhere else. Luckily, nothing was taken, as there was really nothing valuable downstairs. Obviously, this Michael Myers looks like a real person, and anyone that looks at it, especially in the dark, gets the creeps by it. I know it sounds insane and maybe even funny, but this incident really happened, and I'm so damn thankful that I have him in my room. I never even once thought it would save my life like this, especially if he never moved. I always wonder how he moved anyway. I mean, it happened all by itself. Was it some kind of coincidence? I'll never know. But thank you, Michael. God only knows what that guy would have done to me if you weren't here. I grew up in rural areas my entire life. Whether it was beef farms in Tennessee or living in the middle of nowhere, Florida, I've done it all. Growing up without access to most commonalities we've grown accustomed to. Yeah, that's right. We had no internet, no TV, and yep, you guessed it, no cell phones. I know, the horror, right? I like to think of us as the last generation before the internet age. Not to say dial-up wasn't around, but most of us at the time didn't really have access to it. But honestly, it really wasn't that bad. I mean, outside of the long, boring summer days where we'd be cooking alive in the fields. Living out in an old Civil War cabin in the middle of nowhere, Tennessee, definitely showed out some interesting experiences. The story is going to be one of many that I share. That is, if you all enjoy this one, that is. The story starts off like any other, really. It was a typical Friday night, and my brothers and I were home alone. Being that we didn't have much of anything to entertain ourselves with, we began playing manhunt in and around the house. Most of the time we opted to stay indoors as it was pitch black outside. For a bit more context, our cabin was situated on top of a rather steep hill that had a long winding driveway running down it. Our cabin had a basement level, the main level where most of the house was, and the upstairs that only had my room. We also had a back deck that was situated about 10 to 12 feet up in the air, if I had to guess. Anyway, back to the story at hand. It was pitch black outside, and going much further than our porch at night wasn't really something anyone enjoyed doing out there. The game was fun, but was already getting pretty monotonous with the little room we had inside. At this point, I had the bright idea to wander off outside and then hide on the roof to make the game more interesting. Well, this would soon be one of the biggest regrets in my life. At first, everything seemed fine. It was rather cold and it was nearing fall and the weather was just starting to change. There was a slight breeze and the air was really crisp and calming. 
After a few minutes of sitting upon the roof, though, something felt off. I had been practically mesmerized by the sound of crickets and cicadas. I realized, though, that all the noise had suddenly stopped. This seemed very odd to me, but at the same time, being as naive as I was at the time, I didn't realize that this only meant something bad was going to happen. I sit there as still as possible for a moment, trying to listen as closely as I can. I just can't seem to hear anything aside from the slight breeze through the leaves. Then as quickly as the silence came, an eruption of noise came from the other end of the roof. For a bit more detail, we had a metal roof at the time, making it very easy to hear when things walk on the roof. It sounded like something had landed on the opposite side end of the roof. I looked over, but could see nothing. This of course left me rather unnerved, and my first thought was to exit the situation. Before panicking fully, I remembered it could be my brothers messing with me, since surely they would have given up on looking for me by now. I opened up my window and called my brothers. They both ran up the stairs shouting and complaining that the roof was off limits. As my older brother got to me, I had asked him if he had been messing with me and making the noise on the roof. He of course denied this and wanted to come up and investigate. So he and I slowly made our way to the middle of the roof and listened for a moment. Everything went quiet around us as it had earlier. At this point, I was already on edge and ready to karate chop a demon right in the neck if I had to. We hear what sounds like a pounding noise on the far end of the roof in the opposite direction of where we were standing. After what I think were three sets of six pounding noises, it charged us. I think it did anyway. It sounded like hooves were running on the metal roof, but the only issue was we couldn't see a thing. The entire roof was clear, aside from us that is but somehow we were hearing these footsteps. It quickly approached us and began running circles around us. I held my arms out to try and see if I could feel anything, but I couldn't. The weirdest part of it all though was that I could feel the vibrations of the footsteps all around us, but I couldn't see or feel anything in the air. These footsteps circled around us for what seemed like many minutes, but were probably no more than a minute or so at most. It suddenly stopped circling us and we could hear the steps draw off the roof and then disappear into thin air. We quickly ran inside, locked all the windows and doors, and huddled up inside, freaked the hell out. A little bit of context. I'm a 27 year old female and I live alone with my dog. I purchased my home in December of 2019 so I'm still a bit new to the neighborhood. My neighbor to the left of me is a sweet old man named Leo, and we really get along quite well. We were chatting one afternoon and he was giving me the inside scoop on all of the neighbors. He was the first house on the block, so he knows pretty much everything about everyone. When we got to talking about the man who lives on the right side of me, let's call him Tom, well, Leo seemed to become hesitant. Leo then said, Well, you know that Tom was involved with that group that murdered that librarian, right? Obviously very confused, I told Leo that I wasn't really sure what he meant, and I asked him what happened. I'm not sure if Leo just regretted telling me in that moment, or if his hearing is just bad and he didn't hear my question. Regardless, he immediately changed the subject, and I didn't dare pressure him to elaborate. After our conversation, I thought about the little that I know about Tom. 
He's tall with graying hair and seems to keep to himself. When I first moved in, I was honestly a bit concerned for him because I never saw any lights on in his home. Every single blind was pulled down consistently and his old truck rarely ever left his driveway. He's also the only one on our street with a privacy fence surrounding his backyard. Total red flags looking back now. Later that night, I decided to do a bit of research trying to figure out what Leo had mentioned. And, well, it didn't really take long for me to stumble across the news article. One of the most gruesome murders in the county, it read. I read articles upon articles and full court documents all about the violent murder of a middle-aged woman. It turns out that when Tom was a young adult living in the next county over, he and his friend attempted to rob a neighbor by breaking into her home during the daytime, but she unfortunately caught them in the act. Instead of fleeing the scene, however, Tom's friend then knocked her out cold with a bottle. According to the friend's testimony, while he continued gathering valuable items, he then found Tom brutally sexually assaulting the woman on the floor, all while she was still unconscious. Afterwards, Tom beat her skull in with a baseball bat. The friend slit her wrists, and the both of them rode all over her naked body with black ink. The men then stole her car and were later arrested after they ended up crashing it due to icy road conditions. When the deceased woman's son came home from school, he said that his mother looked completely unrecognizable. Tom's lawyers tried to plead insanity with the help from his family, who put forth evidence of Tom's erratic behavior as a child, even once pulling a knife on his own mother. Although the insanity plea was unsuccessful, Tom still ended up serving a pitiful amount of time in prison for what I see as the most disturbing role in the murder. Tom's friend was released in 2016. They didn't receive life sentences because of some weird discrepancy with the initial robbery being done during the daytime and not at night, which is absolutely ridiculous and shows just how crooked our criminal justice system really is. After finding all of this out, I've only had one interaction with Tom. I was going to take the trash out, and his dog, who was chained up in front of his house, then lunged at me while barking like crazy. Tom came and took the dog and apologized. I absolutely love dogs, and I wasn't upset by this, and I told him it was totally fine. Not that I would have argued with him anyways. I've interned in a jail before, and I've had conversations with inmates who were on trial for murder so I'm not necessarily intimidated easily, and I do believe in the possibility for a criminal to reintegrate into society and then be successful after proper therapy. But something about a convicted murderer living directly next to you just really hits different. <laughs>